subscribe to Tripod Talk Radio for conversations with veterinarians, oncologists, rehab therapists, and other experts discussing amputation for dogs and cats. Find more info, helpful care tips, and a free gift at tripods.com slash radio. Thank you for tuning in to Tripod Talk Radio, where we're spreading the word that it's better to hop on three legs than limp on four. Hosted by Jim and Renee and Wyatt Ray of the Tripod Blogs community at Tripods.com, Jerry's place for canine amputees and their people. Thank you for tuning in. You are listening to Tripod Talk Radio, and today is Saturday, March 22nd, 2014. Today we'll be speaking with Lisa Sayers, a certified canine rehab therapist from Dahlia's Doggy Rehab, about the benefits of rehab therapy for dogs who have lost a leg. We'll also hear from Mandy Taylor, who takes Maverick, a three-legged Australian shepherd, to Lisa's practice for frequent physical therapy sessions. Learn more about Dahlia's at dalsdogrehab.com and join us in the live Tripods chat with your questions at tripods.com slash chat or call in now 646-716-5450 to ask Lisa or Amanda yourself. Thanks for joining us, ladies. Thank you. Yes, you're welcome. Hey, and it's Renee here. I just uh, really appreciate you two taking some time out to be here. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. You were happy to be here. Yeah, awesome. How is Maverick doing, Mandy? Um, he's doing wonderful. He is stronger than ever and bouncing around like a happy puppy. Oh, he is so cute, everybody. Uh, Lisa, tell us the name of, of Maverick's blog, just so we can go over there and take a look and see how adorable he is. Um, we have a Facebook page um, that he's up on. I don't uh-huh. know the, the blog. Mandy would know that. Oh, oh, Maverick's a... Maverick's Journey, right. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Maverick's just told me over here. Hello. Okay. Um, <laughs> anyways, um, well, um, we're going to start out. We're just going to ask some back-and-forth questions here and um, kind of get a feel for how um, Maverick's doing and how um, rehab has helped him get strong. And, and we'll start with Mandy. Um, Mandy, um, tell us a, a little bit about Maverick. Why Why did he become a tripod? Well, Maverick came to me um, as a little puppy, and being a veterinary technician, I knew that I could take on his case and make him a happy, healthy puppy. So he had a deformity to his right leg where his radius and ulna didn't make a correct wrist, so he kept hitting his bone on the floor, and it was very painful for him. So uh, the best thing to do was just take it off and make him happy. And is he a happy dog these days? He is happier than any other dog I've ever seen. Aw, <laughs> that's awesome. What uh, what made you decide to pursue rehab therapy for him if, if he seems to be doing so well? Well, I have seen a lot of dogs go through rehab therapy, and it's helped them a lot. And I actually went to a trainer to get some just basic obedience for him done before surgery so that I could handle him. 
and she recommended Lisa, and we went there, and it was the best decision we ever did. That's great. So that's how that's how you met Lisa. Okay, I get it now. Um, and and tell me, um, what is a, a day in the life like for Maverick? What what is what is his activity schedule like? Do you have other dogs that he plays with? Uh, yes, we have a second mini Aussie, and she's two and a half years old. Um, oh. So in the morning, they both go out, they play in the backyard, they roughhouse just like any other dogs. Um, they come in. We do have an elevated feeder so that there's not too much strain on his back or his neck, and that's really uh-huh. the only difference that we've ever had with any other dog. Um, but okay. we do do stretches and massages and everything throughout the day. That's great. That is so helpful for them. Uh, we always encourage people to learn more about how they can uh, do these kinds of, of stretches and, and gentle activities with their, their tripods. And um, we're really happy to have Lisa on the show so she can tell us all about it. Um, Lisa, can you tell me, uh, why did you start helping dogs uh, with rehab therapy? What, what got you into this field? Well, I've always enjoyed uh, dogs in my life since I was a young child. And um, I decided to become a physical therapist even after beginning uh, college as uh, a um, a major in animal husbandry. I switched over, but always still wanted to work with dogs. So I went back after uh, 26 years of physical therapy on the human side and became certified wow. in canine rehab. Very cool. What was that program like? And, and where did you go? Well, there's um, there's two programs in the United States, and actually they even have international attendees. Uh, one is through the University of Tennessee, and that was the original program. And then I decided to attend the Canine Rehab Institute, which is affiliated with the University of Colorado. Uh, you need to be a physical therapist or a veterinarian to attend the program, or you can be a physical therapist assistant or veterinary technician if you're working with a PT or a vet that is already certified. Great. So that means there's a lot of highly skilled people getting really highly skilled training in rehab in order to help these dogs, right? Right. You come to the table with a good bit of knowledge and then get some extremely specialized um, knowledge from one of the programs. Um, The Canine Rehab Institute's program is 104 hours, and then there are 40 clinical hours uh, with another certified practitioner before you get your certification. That's a long time. Wow, what a, what an awesome commitment you made there. That's great. Um, I just want to remind people that you can call in if you'd like. Uh, we do have a line open. The number to call in is 646-716-5450. And you can also go to the Tripods chat room at tripods.com and ask your questions there. We have somebody watching and, and waiting for your questions. So um, anyhow, uh, Lisa, Tell me, what makes your clinic different from other facilities that are out there? We we see them everywhere. Um, it seems like every other day somebody's opening up a, a rehab center. But, but what makes yours stand out? And then if you could tell us, what are your recommendations for people when they're looking for one? Well, I think... I'm going to tackle the last question first, which I think one of the best um, things to look for in a clinic is the the combination of a veterinarian and a physical therapist. Uh, rehabilitation has been our field, meaning the physical therapist, so we're the ones very specialized in rehab and have 
a lot of training, much more than 104 hours, but then we're in the field of the veterinarian. So if you take the two professions together, you have the best of both worlds. You've got the minds coming together, looking from different directions and coming together for, for the dog or, or other animals um, that are also seen in rehab. Um, as far as my clinic, um, I think just being a, a small practice um, like like I have my human practice, I still maintain my human practice, and that's a small practice. Wow. And I think that having the mom and pop side of the business gives people a little bit more of a personal touch. And we we just provide a lot of one-on-one care that, and and take all our clients on almost as as my own dogs. You know, I take a lot of care on them. I have a a cell phone as my phone for the business so people can get me at any time of the day through calling or texting if they have a question about their pet. So I don't know a lot of clinics that do that. I don't either. That's really <laughs> wonderful. And and tell us once again, what is your website so people can check it out? It's www.dalsdogrehab. That's D-A-L-S-D-O-G-R-E-H-A-B.com. Great, great. And now tell me, when Maverick came to see you, uh, what is what was the process like when you met him? What, tell me about what does an evaluation look like, and and how did you know which treatments would work best for a dog like him? Well, one of the best things, as far as for Maverick, was seeing him preoperatively. Um, I don't always get to do that, and that is a certain bonus because you can really see how the dog is functioning uh, before having any surgery and this way evaluate how they're moving and you're not seeing them just right after pain or, or before they're have you know, when they begin to have the post-surgical problems. Um, what I evaluate is uh, multiple things. I'm evaluating their gait, um, so how they're walking, their range of motion of of all of the limbs and of the spine, Um, looking at their muscle tone, uh, their muscle bulk. Um, We want to look at their overall flexibility. So this way I can see what problems that they have and then determine what they need for for me to do for them and to teach mom or dad to do for them. Uh You know, I never thought about how how smart it was that um, Mandy took him in before surgery. That, That is really super, super smart. Um, and, and so, folks, if you know that an amputation might be in your future, I, I would definitely recommend doing what Mandy did and getting over there to a, a rehab technician before the surgery. Um, Mandy, um, can you tell me, um, how has Maverick benefited from, from seeing Lisa and all the, the therapy that he's had? Well, the biggest benefit that he's had is just learning where his body is. Um, especially being a puppy, he really had zero body awareness of where to put his feet and where exactly to balance in order to go forward and not topple over um, head over heels. So uh-huh. all of these different balance exercises really helped him, and it really built up just his core strength, which is super important in any three-legged dog. Um, his abdomen is so strong he can stand on his hind legs for full 20 seconds without even breaking the sweat so i saw that picture that is amazing <laughs> we have it in the in the uh, blog post about about this show and i went oh my gosh i don't think i've ever seen a tripod do that that was pretty awesome <laughs> 
And tell me, what kind of, of homework are you doing for him um, now that you've seen Lisa? And um, how much do you do at home versus how much do you do in the clinic and, and how often? Well, as far as our homework goes, um, Lisa really started off with just the basics, like cookie stretches. So we took a treat and held it down to each foot so that he would have to stretch and really work on his balance. Um, she also showed us exactly how to massage, especially his shoulders where he gets a lot of tension because his head constantly bobs up and down, having only one front leg. Um, okay. So that's where he holds really the bulk of his stress throughout the day. So uh-huh. I'll try before work to do a little bit of stretching with him, and then when I get home from work and at night when he's kind of settled down because he's so much energy, um, so nighttime's yeah. the best time to do it at. <laughs> we'll sit down on the couch and we'll stretch him out and really work on his shoulders a little bit, stretch out his hips, make sure he's not painful anywhere, most importantly. Uh-huh. How do you know if if he's feeling pain? How can you tell? Um, being an Aussie, he's a pretty vocal dog. <laughs> he's not very stoic. <laughs> so if he's feeling pain, he, he will yell, he'll let us know. Aw. <laughs> Is your other dog jealous because of all of the, uh, the attention that, that Maverick's getting? She is a little jealous. Um, she used to be a mama's girl, but she has definitely switched over to daddy's little girl. So um, <laughs> she has left my side and gone to my husband. <laughs> That's so cute Um, Once again folks If you want to ask your questions In the Tripod chat room You can please uh, feel free to do that At tripods.com Or you can call in To 646-716-5450 And uh, now I'm going to get back over to Lisa Um, Lisa can you tell me Do all tripods need physical therapy? What's your opinion about that? Well, I think in order to be their best and avoid problems, I do think it would be best for all of them to even have a couple of sessions to learn some things to do at home. Um, As you probably gleaned from listening to Mandy, there are things that, you know, I can point out or that, you know, a physical therapist or a rehab specialist will point out telling you that, oh, yeah, this is something I wouldn't have thought to do. Um, I have seen some tripods that came in after having significant problems. Um, One that comes to mind is a a bull mastiff who uh, came in at about five and a half and had such severe elbow arthritis that maybe only about 20 to 30 degrees of motion was present, Um, you know, and the shoulder was very tight. So if we can avoid some of those things, um, it's certainly helpful rather than seeing them down the line when they're really a problem. Mm-hmm. And it, if they have really acute pain and and they go in to see you, what uh, what kind of results can somebody expect to see and, and how soon? Um, we, we get a lot of members whose dogs suddenly have trouble walking or they think they've pulled a muscle um, and, and everybody wants their dog to, to heal as quickly as possible, but is there an average amount of time um, after after a muscle pull or something like that that you see? Well, it all depends on, you know, how severe the muscle pull and how long it's been present. You know, there's definitely a correlation with any injury to the amount of time that it's been there. Um, but But sometimes within, I'd say within a couple of weeks, we can really start seeing some significant improvement. Um, one thing you have to remember with a tripod is no matter what we do, they're never going to walk 
100% normally, so there's always increased stress um, and use of, of different muscles and overuse of certain muscles. But um, I think by using some of the modalities, if I get a dog that's coming in in a lot of pain, you know, we may start with some laser or some um, electric stimulation or even just using heat or cold at the appropriate time can really help to decrease the pain. And the last thing we want to not forget is the most important is some soft tissue work. So, you know, if I'm doing that in the clinic and then teaching mom or dad to do that at home so they can do that daily as Mandy's doing with Maverick, um, that can really make the, um, the, the results occur much more quickly. So there's a there's a commitment on on the, the uh, humans part too. As soon as they get home, to continue the types of things that you're doing in order for the dog to heal. Correct? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely true. Because um, you know most of the time I'm only seeing a, a dog once a week um, or once every other week. You know, so it depends on the frequency, but that's certainly not nearly enough treatment. So, you know, mom or dad making that commitment to help out at home is going to really help their kid out a lot. Tell me about uh, when is the right time to use pain, um, pain, um, ice versus heat for pain. Um, there's a lot of confusion, and, and you mentioned that just a second ago about, about using um, that type of treatment. But can you tell me when, when we should be using ice versus Yes, this is the this is a age long long question I've gotten throughout my whole career. People are always very confused about this, and unfortunately, some people get stuck in the the idea of you know ice the first forty eight hours or and then heat there afterwards, and that can be appropriate, but it's not the only answer. Um, heat, I, I generally tell people that heat is best if something is tight, if it's sore. Um, and then ice is best if something is, of course, inflamed or swollen. But also one thing that most people don't think of is ice is fabulous for muscle spasm. Um, it will shut off or, or decrease the, the blood flow to that muscle, and it actually helps break the spasm better. Whereas if you use heat on that, sometimes it, it feels better initially, but then the, the pain comes right back because you're sending more blood to a spasming muscle. I never knew that. Wow, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. And and how long but, should should ice and heat be applied? Generally for, you know, for around 12 to 15 minutes is enough. Um I get some dogs that tolerate either well and I get some dogs that tolerate one or the other. There are some dogs I've tried heat on that don't like it. There are other dogs that don't like ice. Um, and many times there is a there is still a gray area, so I usually will tell people as well if one doesn't work, try the other. Unless something is severely inflamed, and you don't want to use heat on it, um, in most instances there's not really a problem of trying one or the other. So I give a guideline of which to try first, but if it doesn't work, you try the other because there is there is a lot of individuality between um, dogs or even humans on which works better for each person or dog. That's great to know. Thank you. Now, I'm I'm curious, what are some things that the parent of a tripod can expect to happen if they don't pursue some type of regular uh, rehab care, um whether it's just gentle stretching or core core muscle strengthening? I mean, most people, you know, they we've always thought, you know, you, your dog loses a leg and your dog's 
going to get back to normal and everything's going to be great. But later on down the line, if we don't pay attention to this kind of, of issue, what what, can, what will happen? Well, I think the first thing that is going to be apparent to everyone if they really think about it is they're not going to stride out fully in their gait because they're they're altered their gait significantly. So what's going to become of that? If we don't use something, we're not going to, going to maintain it. So they're going to lose range of motion at either the shoulder or the hip joints. They're going to start to get some arthritis from an increased pounding on one limb versus two, you know, so if they're only having one front limb and they just keep putting that front limb down, that shoulder and that elbow and even all those scapular muscles and even as Mandy mentioned, the neck muscles are tight because that head is bobbing up and down and their whole gait pattern is altered. So the biggest thing I, I find is muscle tightness um, and, and then eventually arthritis of the joints. Ouch. <laughs> yes. Poor dogs. You know, is there, what, in your opinion, what are the biggest differences that a front leg tripod versus a rear leg tripod will face? Well, the front leg tripod actually is, you know, a little bit more at a disadvantage in being that dogs are front wheel drive. They take 60% of their weight up front and 40% out back. So if you take one of those limbs away in the front, where their head is hanging out over them, right, and they need to support that head, now that front limb has just taken a more significant amount of weight. The rear limb tripods are, are not putting as much weight on that hind end, so they can sometimes seem to get away with that a little bit better. So would you say that rear end tripods have things a little bit easier than front legs? Yes. That's yes, I would say that they do. Good to know. And what about breeds specifically? Um, you know, we, we have a lot of different sizes of tripods here. And, and are there breeds that face more challenges? Well, certainly, certainly like uh, everything else, the bigger, the bigger it is, the bigger the problem. So the bigger dogs are going to put more stress on their joints just in the, the, uh, the fact that they have more weight to carry. So like that that Mastiff I was speaking of, the Bull Mastiff, you know, he ended up with a significant amount of arthritis. He was a front limb tripod and, you know, a big guy. So every time he had to put that front limb forward, he's carrying a lot of weight. Whereas you have some of the smaller dogs, they may get away with it a little bit easier because they're not quite putting as much pound per, per step on, on each of their limbs. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, um, you know, I, there's a lot of people out there who, who live in, in remote places and they, they don't have access to a professional like yourself. Can you tell me what are your recommendations for people who want to do more but don't have access to a rehab practitioner? Um, what, what kinds of things can they do to help their tripod? And, and how do you know which exercises are, are best and which ones will hurt your dog? Where, where should somebody begin? Well, I think one of the best things, one of the best places to begin is to get your hands on your dog. Um, you know, most of us like petting our dogs. You know, we love that relationship we have with them, and a lot of people are petting them. Um, you know, and if you feel an area that's tight, just try to massage it. You know, we, we've many people have had massages themselves. They know how well it feels if something is tight. It can hurt initially, but then feel better if somebody 
massages and works that tightness out for them. So I think that's probably the best place for someone to begin that has no experience. As far as stretching one of the limbs, this is an area where I think is sometimes difficult without any um, experience. I get a lot of my clients that come in and they tell me that they're uncomfortable or they haven't done any stretching or even when I show them, some people are still uncomfortable with stretching their dogs because they just don't know how far to go and if their dog is in pain, they have difficulty assessing is it a pain I should help them stretch through or a pain that I shouldn't. So that can be a gray area that that really is quite gray for people. But I think the massage area is, is usually a pretty easy you know, pretty easy thing to do. Are there any good resources out there that you would recommend, uh, a book or a DVD or something like that? Um, I know there are some there are some resources out um, about how to massage your dog and stretching, um, and that would certainly be a great place for someone to start. I unfortunately don't have any names of them at my um, at my disposal, but if if someone does want to contact me um, through email through my website, I certainly will look that up for them. Um, I know that another uh, physical therapist. In um, in my area, New Jersey, has re- recently written a book about um, stretching and home things to do with your dog. Um, oh. So, you know, I, I know there are some resources out there. I just don't, unfortunately, have them at my fingertips at the moment. But that would be a great that's place okay. to start, and that's a, a good suggestion. Yeah, I'll have to email you to get the name of that book, and then we can... Um we can put that on the website. And I, I just also want to remind people that, that Tripods actually has uh, its own um, rehab-focused book about living life on three legs. It's called Loving Life on Three Legs. And we did re- interview a bunch of different rehab practitioners. We've got videos and things like that in there. It's all about diet and fitness and nutrition. And, and you can find that in our downloads blog at downloads.tripods.com. Um, Mandy, uh, let's get over to you real quick. Um, when it comes to helping your tripod stay strong and fit and, and just being happy and healthy, what are your best suggestions for others who want to do the same for their dog? Well, I think the most important thing is just to treat them like any other dog. Don't feel sorry for them. Don't pity them. You know, they don't care that they lost a leg. They're happy just being themselves. Um, so we still go out for walks. We go for hikes. We just change up the terrain. We make sure that it's on a really spongy ground and not on asphalt um, so that mm-hmm. Maverick can go a lot further um, than he normally would. You know, he may be able to only go for a mile on asphalt, but he can go for three or four miles on a really spongy ground, um, and that makes him really super happy. Um, and even the swimming, he recently started uh, at Lisa's doing the underwater treadmill, and he loved it. So once it gets warmer outside, we're going to try and go outside and do some swimming. Well, we're going to look forward to seeing some video and, and pictures of that because he's, he's <laughs> just so cute. I saw the, the hiking uh, photo on your on your blog post recently. Um, when you uh, say you go hiking with him, um, he can really he can go like at three miles. Yeah, he's gone up to four and a half miles now. Um, wow. And because he's a herding breed, he just wants to go, go, go. So we take plenty uh-huh. of breaks. We make sure we have water with us at all times. And anytime uh-huh. he needs a break, we just stop and let him sit. How do you know when he's had enough? 
he has kind of worked out with us a little bit of a, hey, mom, I'm tired. So he'll come around, he'll sit right in front of me, and he'll look at me. He'll have this little bit of a pant. Sometimes he'll jump up and put his one leg right on my leg to say, hey, I need to slow down. How cute. Um, Lisa, are, will our tripods give us signs like that? I mean, what what can we look for to know when, they, when they've had enough? Because I know that there's so many that, like Maverick, will just keep going. And until they drop. But what are some, some warning signs that our, our dog has had too much? I think a good warning sign for them is really altering their gait even more, such as, um, you know, that increased head bob. If they're getting tired, you know, they're going to lift that head or lower that head, depending on if it's a front or a back leg, in order to give them more assist from the head. So we need to look for that. Um, and also just, um, you know, maybe even more sway of the body or more throw of the leg. Um, mm-hmm. Those things, just this is the biggest thing is the alter in gait. Um, and the other thing, I just want to add another another point that I don't think any of us have mentioned that is extremely important. Weight okay. is important for any dog. But, of course, yeah, when you've got a dog with you. special needs like a tripod, keeping your dog not only the good weight but actually a little underweight is very important. And Mandy's doing a great job of that with Maverick, but that weight factor is so, so important for these kids. Thank you for reminding us about that. Yeah, that is a whole other radio show that, that we would love to do with you at some point because <laughs> um, it's a big issue and it's it's easy to, to help tripods lose weight, people. I mean, it takes, you know, I, a, a week and, and we could see a difference on our dog when we reduce his food. Some days he... You know, he's so hungry and we'll feed him. And then two days later we'll go, hey, where did his root cage go? Wait a minute. But right. um, please, <laughs> I just want to thank you. I need to wrap it up. I Thank you so much for being here and sharing all this great information with us. We, we really appreciate it. Uh, thank you. Uh, it was fantastic. A lot of fun. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, thank you once again for your time and all the great info. Listeners can learn more about Lisa's work at dalsdogrehab.com and follow Maverick's Three-Legged Adventures at maverick'sjourney.tripods.com. Until next time, find all Tripod Talk Radio podcasts and much more helpful amputation recovery and care information for three-legged dog pets and their people at tripods.com. Until next time on Tripod Talk Radio, learn more about canine amputation recovery and find the best gear for three-legged dogs at tripods.com. Thank you for tuning in. Subscribe to Tripod Talk Radio for more pet amputation tips from experts. And claim your free gift just for listeners at downloads.tripods.com slash podcast. True.